FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Bienvenidos y <laughs> a Faith FM con Lawson y Monica. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know you were going to hit us with the Spanish this morning. That's right. Welcome to Faith FM, everyone. Hola. You are, you are. Oh, I should have said. Hola, hombres y mujeres. Like, you know, hello, ladies and gentlemen. You know, that kind of thing. Man, our Spanish listeners are so happy right now. Oh, yeah. All, They're switching to Spanish. All, all four of them. <laughs> Congratulations. You've made it. Uh, but, hey, you're listening to Faith MM this morning, and it is not the Lyle and Lawson show. It is the Lawson and Monica show. Monica, thank you for being here with us. It is my pleasure. My pleasure altogether. How, how are you going? What are you grateful for? Oh, I'm sorry. I had a great weekend. It looked like it. Yeah. How do you mean you looked like it? You didn't even see me. You sent me a bunch of, you were telling me about oh, what yeah, you were doing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I sent you the food I was eating, like vegan yeah, bagels yeah, and stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I hacked around uh, Newcastle CBD. 10 oh. kilometers was great. Wow. You got yeah. your steps in. I sure did. I didn't even notice. I was having such a good time. That is so awesome. How, how are you? Like, what was you grateful for? Um, I, I had a fantastic weekend. Like, Friday was a really heavy day. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a funeral for my friend who had passed away and there was lots of prayer, lots of tears. Uh, but I think afterwards, like, like this person just, they were really on God's side and they were really supportive of the ministry that we were doing in our church. And then that night we had our small groups all get together for our church and, and uh, you know, just be a blessing to one another by sharing uh, all kinds of Bible studies and different things. But yeah, I think that, that day was heavy, but in the end, a it binds you together, doesn't it? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Well, coming up today into in the in the show, we are going to have the last COVID story. Like, oh. hopefully ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, but there is a COVID story, but I hope it's just one of the last times Amen. we speak about it. Uh, we're also going to be, to be talking about uh, President Joe Biden's visit to the West Bank. You are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. And as always, we are going to start off the week with our first question for the quiz. Yes, kick your brains into gear. Here we go. Which king reigned longest of all the kings of Judah? Ooh. Hmm. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is our number. If you'd like to play, uh, each question is a new quiz, and if you get any of them right, you will get a um, entry into Friday's draw. We're drawing a massive prize this Friday. Let me tell you all about it. Uh-huh. We actually, this is, I think, the first time we've done something like this. There are two prizes. Uh-huh. Um, it's a two pack. One of them is a jigsaw puzzle, and one of them is a CD. And we're literally letting you pick whatever you want. Wow. So we have a range of CDs you can pick from, and we have a range of um, jigsaw puzzles. Uh-huh. Uh, all, all Christian, of course. You know, depicts uh, depictions of uh, you know Christ, um, angels, Garden of Eden, Daniel the Lion's Den, that kind of stuff. And then we have a selection of CDs. Uh, people like you know Malia Fong and Anna Beden and that kind of stuff. So yeah, really great selection. Uh, if you get any of the questions right in the quiz. In the next four days, today in the next four days, uh, you might be drawn on Friday. I will read the quiz again. Which king reigned longest of all the kings of Judah? Ooh. Do you know who it is, Lawson? Do I know the answer? Yeah. Well, I can't say it on air. But do you <laughs> but, know? Uh, but I think I know who it okay, is. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I think Bro is kind of well known. He is, yeah. 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 Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You are listening to the breakfast show, and right now we are going to have our 
bad time and good news. Yeah, it's it's good news with a twist this morning, Lawson. Uh, it's, so it's actually bad news. Is that is that <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? Because it's good news for some, and it could be good news for those who evoke some change in their life. To okay. Adopt. Yeah, I I like news <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this. It's challenging. Yeah. It's health news. It's health news. Oh, I love this. Yes, yes, and this is really cool. Um, so and this is um actually <laughs> scaring me a little bit because I um <clears throat> I've recently been really sick. I've just come out of being oh, sick for really? a month. Wow. Uh, yeah, and um, and I think I might have given it to you. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Uh, but I, um, I'm one of those people who doesn't really like taking um, a lot of medicine, and I certainly don't like taking antibiotics. Mm. I like to, I like to think of that I'm saving them up for when I'm really sick. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> I was speaking to my mum the other day, and she was like, "I think it might be that time to take the antibiotics because this is the moment that you're really sick." And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, 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 true. And so I've now I'm in the middle of a course of antibiotics, which makes me nervous because um, you know, they're a pretty serious uh, yeah, medicine sure. to take. Um. Actually, if any of our listeners have any good health tips on what to do after you've washed out your body with antibiotics, give me a give me a, a text and let me know. Uh, but they've actually found an antibiotic resistant superbug in pig products in the UK. Oh wow! Yeah, so this is why I don't like taking antibiotics because when when your superbugs start to get resistant to them, like you're in a bit of trouble. Mm. So um, scientists have found uh, a superbug in a British supermarket pork that is like pretty much completely antibiotic resistant and potentially lethal. Uh, so it's found in about ten percent of pork, which is a huge That's margin. Massive. Yeah, it's. I'm going to try and pronounce it. Enterococci bacteria strain. It causes urinary tract infection, uh, wound infections, infects your heart, your brain, um, and your bloodstream. And of course, uh, um, it can also conf- uh, cause death. So you can find this in pretty much all cuts of pig, like okay. pork chops, roasting loins, mints, like the, the whole thing. Analysis has proved the bug has resistance to last resort antibiotic treatments. It's like when you got no other medicines left, you throw the Hail Mary at it and it even can survive that. Yes. So last resort antibiotic treatments are just useless. Um, this was actually found in um, Red Tractor approved, RSPCA approved and organic pork products. They were all included in the testing proce- processes. They all have been found to have this bacteria. Okay. Red Tractor, by the way, is like, um, you know how we have like the health check here over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if something in the UK has a, a Red Tractor sticker on it, it basically means that it's um top of, top shelf, you know, highest Well, we quality. don't have the Heart Foundation ticker anymore. Don't we? No, they discontinued it because you could just buy it. And it yeah, nothing. because because they got bribed by Maccas to, oh. to make half and this was back in like 2010. Oh, I'm so glad they got rid of it. They, for a long time, I thought that was just ridiculous. Yeah, because I'm like, wait, why does why does this or that or the other mm-hmm. have the half foundation? And that was the thing. It was like a meal from Maccas with, that was like, I think it was chips, chicken nuggets, and orange juice was had the heart foundation tip. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so they discontinued it. Now we have the star system. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Red Tractor is, is uh, it's supposed to show that um, it's been, tr- it's traceable from farm to table kind of a thing. Okay. Yeah. So it's supposed to have something like, you know, something like that, but it's even those products have found it to have this bacteria in it. Okay. Um, so they, they purchase them for all different kinds of uh, supermarkets from all around the UK. Um, some from British farms, some from imported farms. It didn't really matter where it came from. It just revealed that um, about a quarter of them had it, of the ones that were tested, which is huge. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, all of them resistant to the antibiotic treatment. 
The crazy thing is, <coughs> excuse me, I'm just full of orange juice this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, they actually uh, have tested these 10 years ago uh, for superbugs, and they discovered, like, even back then they're a little bit resistant, but as it turns uh-huh. out... They've just grown. It, they're getting more and more resistant. Can I ask you a question, though? Because yeah. this is just the, the truth about mo- most meats, but especially, especially pork, is one of those meats that if you eat raw mm. is a death sentence. Pretty much. And by cooking them, you cook the bugs out. So this is what you're just killing bugs. So, so when it comes to this superbug, can it be cooked out? Uh, it doesn't say here in this article... Um, they do recommend that the best way to uh, to avoid getting this bug is to simply not eat pork. Yeah, but which they, I but am they definitely are saying that if to. you are going to eat pork, you do need to cook it properly. But they're saying it's not going to save you. Like they're just yeah. they're saying cook it properly, but they're also saying don't count on that as being okay. like your defense mechanism against it. Um, so yeah, but about a million people uh, die each year in the UK alone from superbugs uh, that, uh-huh, that just uh-huh. have no. Resistance. I thought you were going to say pork. I was like. Okay, but from superbugs, and one of them comes from pork. Yeah, but can you imagine being sick and there's just no medicine? Yeah, well, like nothing you can do, like especially. That's, but that's like for someone who's like immunocompromised. That's exactly, really yeah. tough. So with the increasing frequency in meat infection, like like I just said, it's it's growing. They're actually expecting that number, one million per year, to raise to ten million Oof. per year by twenty fifty wow. if we don't curb our meat consumption. Wow. Ten million people per year? That's like like it's like an entire population of a city that's, wiped that's out by meat consumption. Per year. That's basically that's basically Australia gone in three years. Literally, yeah. yeah. So at 2050, um, with the level it's increasing at the moment. So, yeah, meat is definitely a sickness and it's time for y'all to give it up. So good news for those who are um, not eating meat and uh, maybe a, a point of improvement for those who are eating meat. I have another crazy health story that I'm, I'm so uh-huh, happy uh-huh, to share. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, this is Subway is under fire. Subway okay, is Subway. fresh? I don't think so. So you might want to think twice before ordering that foot long. Uh-huh. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. um, they are currently being sued in several countries. Uh-huh. Uh, because they, they, uh, a disgruntled customer enlisted a marine biologist to analyze tuna samples from um, Subway tuna subs and found <laughs> out of 20, 19 of them contained no detectable tuna DNA sequences. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what were they using? Fish ain't fish. So, I, was it not fish? Like it's, it's not fish. And I'm not saying it's like, oh, yeah, we have vegan options now. I'm saying like the, the stuff that they tell you is tuna fish is actually not tuna fish. No, but is it like I'm thinking like, oh, is it, I don't know, anchovies? Like is it like a cheaper fish or uh so it's it's uh i think that like chicken pork uh, pork beef they're, they're saying they're saying they are not what a reasonable consumer would expect to find in a tuna product which concerns me really the fact that they're saying the words tuna product and not just it's tuna yeah. is concerning Yikes. but it gets worse it gets worse right okay um so it also found out a few years ago canadian researchers tested subway's chicken and discovered it only contained 50% chicken DNA. I don't know what the other 50% is, but it's not real chicken. And then I think this is... <laughs> it gets so much worse. This is probably the worst one. In 2020, 
in Ireland, they got sued by the Irish government because they ruled that Subway's bread isn't actually bread due to the high sugar content. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that's that's usually how it goes. It's like... <laughs> what? They, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's No, that terrible. happened to McDonald's as well. Yeah. But, yeah, like it's... Subway's <laughs> telling itself as being the healthier one, but it's really <laughs> not. The food isn't even real food. Eat some real food, people. Eat some actually fresh food. That's right. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to have another question for the quiz. What is the occupation of Cornelius? Or what was the occupation of Cornelius? Ah, Cornelius. Cornelius. Such a cool name. Yeah. But you'd have to be called Corny for short, wouldn't you? What? <laughs> corny for short. Corn, yeah. <laughs> like, just corn. That would, that would be You want to go with, like, Cornelius or Leus or something for yeah. short. What was the occupation of Cornelius uh, 0491064669? Maybe like Connie. That's like that's like kind of a cool name. But that's like a cheeky kind of name. No, nah, it could be a dude's name. Maybe Neil. Just go to your Cornelius. Neil. That's awesome. 0491064669. Again, what was his occupation, Cornelius? And what was the price for this week? Uh, they can pick it. Our listeners can pick it for themselves. Both mm-hmm. parts. You get a jigsaw puzzle. There's about 10 different options. We'll describe them to you when you win. Uh, and there's also a bunch of CDs, um, and you could pick which one you want from that. So uh, Melita Fong, um, Anna Beaton, uh, just, you know, uh, Carly Fletcher. All the, the bangers. Yeah, yeah. You can pick Did, whichever one you like. Amazing. Hey, one I've of got, each. I got a text message here for you, Monica, actually. <laughs> yeah, it says, Mon, take probiotics after antibiotics. You'll find them in fermented foods such as kombucha and yogurt. Oh, I bought, I bought some yogurt in for breakfast this morning. How good is yogurt? Unsweetened coconut yogurt. Vegan, I like yeah. never really eat yogurt anymore because I, I'm like vegan, vegan, but I should get into vegan yogurt because I used to mine. eat it all the time. You like, have some mine. I bought some oh, for breakfast. That was my favorite. Who's that from? That was from Karen. Oh, thank you, Karen. Shout out, Karen, for, for bringing Bless in the your goods. Heart. Wait, what was it? Yogurt and something else? She said yogurt and fermented foods like kombucha oh, as well. Oh, okay, okay. Do you, do you like kombucha? Oh, I've only ever had one that I liked. It was the elderberry one. Okay. I like elderberry anything. You got an elderberry? Hand it over. My my coworker, uh, Hannah, she makes kombucha from scratch <gasps> regularly. Can you bring me a bottle? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll, I'll hook you up. It's Thanks, good stuff. Dude. Actually, not only her, there's multiple people at my church, but especially there's a girl from Tasmania who, like, her family, the kombucha business is their business. Bro. Oh, wow. They're making kombucha from scratch 24-7. So definitely, like, we've got the hookup here. Maybe if you're super keen for some kombucha, I may or may not be able to get it to you. But if you'd like some, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show, and we have potentially the last COVID story. I'm keen. Now, I don't know if it's the last one, but it's just a story. Let's just make it the last it's one. It's a story about COVID. It's a story about church, and I wanted to talk about it because it kind of – it. It definitely, there's some theological reflection to be made, I think, and mm-hmm. and some reflection also on Christian behaviour. The story essentially goes like this. A church in Canada, in the Alberta region, in, in the town of Edmonton, has received a $50,000 fine. What? After it refused for health inspectors to enter the building several times in 2021. Why do they refuse these health inspectors? Because these health inspectors came to see if these people were following COVID guidelines, okay? The COVID guidelines of Alberta at the time was that the church can't be more than 15 
15 capacity full and they need to be like social distancing right like Uh, most premises that that's right we have the same thing here in australia like just regular old Mm -hmm. health you know health protocols yeah protocols now they basically blocked the health inspector from coming in each time the health inspector came it was it was a woman uh she this woman walked up to the door and she was met by the co-pastor of this church named Tracy. And Tracy would stand at the door and say, um, I'm sorry, but we're refusing you to enter our building. And she's like, but I'm a government health inspector. Like you have to let me in. Like you guys are running a public worship service. And Tracy's response back was, no, we're actually not. This is a private building. This is a private function. The government's not allowed in. If if you want to arrest us, like get a warrant. Ooh. Now, ultimately, uh, this this happened. You know, basically, the, the inspector went because of some complaints that happened in late 2020. So this mm-hmm. is like during the full swing and full brunt of COVID and the COVID protocols, particularly in in Canada. In Alberta, at the time in which the COVID inspector came, they were averaging around 2,000 cases a day. In that region. So a fair few and then like spiking up to 5,000 and 10,000 cases on rare, you know, rare occasions or spikes or whatnot. Uh, But the health inspector came on the 7th of March, the 14th of March and the 6th of June. And each time she came, the, this, this woman, Tracy was like, nope, you're not allowed in. Now, ultimately the Alberta provincial court, the, the judge, she has now said, like, okay, well, you guys are going to be penalized for this. And the penal like the penalization has been fifty thousand dollars, which is a, a lot. A lot. A lot of money. Uh and the reason they've set it at fifty thousand dollars is because the the judge basically said we do not want to create a licensing fee out of breaking COVID protocols. Uh we want to create a deterrent. And so we're going to like increase the amount of yeah, the amount yeah. Of, of, of money that it's going to cost for this particular infringement. Now, again, the argument, and the, they're going through now a series of appeals, and the argument is, no, this is a private building, this is a private function, and doesn't fall under COVID protocols. But the judge argued the church, being a place of assembly, is a public place within the meaning of the act. It is definitely not a private place. Now, I would love to get your guys' opinions on this. 0491-064-669. But this is essentially what, what I see going on. Uh, when the church has to refuse anyone from coming in for, for any reason, that's bad. Uh, because right. it looks like the church is hiding something. Now, it immediately makes them look guilty. That's right. Now, we have a context, and we're going to be talking to Etienne McClintock in our interview today, where there are churches who are literally hiding for the government because their lives are at stake mm-hmm. because of their worship of God. But this isn't the result of Canada. Why, why were these lockdowns in place? Oh, because, of, because of COVID. Uh, now, you can have an opinion on COVID and how, you know, terrible the lockdowns are and and definitely like i am not a 
a, a proponent of of Canada being, you know, having handling it the best or being, you know, the, everything Canada has ever done in, in regards to COVID has been justified. I definitely do not like Justin Trudeau because <laughs> he's a bit of a wild cat. But ultimately, like, they had these protocols in place that not only affected the church, but affected the rest of society as well. This wasn't targeted towards Christianity, like in a country like China or Afghanistan or something like that, where they're actively targeting people of faith. Rather, this was targeted at everyone to to stop them from getting COVID. And again, you can have your opinion on COVID, but again, this was legislation for for everyone that everyone needed to abide by. Now, the church was actively disobeying and then enabling their disobedience by then refusing, like even anyone, like the inspector from coming into the church. So ultimately, like... I, I believe as I see this, I'm like, you've put yourself in this position and you've badly represented the church. Yeah. That, that's, that's my perspective. I'm like, ultimately, uh, th- there's, a, there's a phrase in the Bible. It's, it's called uh, putting the word of God in disrepute. And it's used mm. repeatedly throughout the book of 1 Corinthians. If, you know, if you're familiar with the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians is probably one of the most troubled churches that we see in the Bible, like dealing with all kinds of things, Judaizers, legalism, uh, mother-in-laws, sleeping with sons, like some of the most disgusting and heinous, like the most toxic church that there could possibly be. And the counsel that Paul gives consistently is please put, put sin away, put this stuff away. Like stop suing each other in front of like all all these different things uh, because it brings the word of God into disrepute. And I feel like for this church now receiving this, fine and it being a heavy financial burden and you know we don't necessarily have a statement from them here that tells us why they justify it they feel justified in doing so but i feel as though if the community is complaining about you um which again isn't the litmus test of you being on like following god or not because people can complain about godliness because we live in a sinful world Mm. but again does it enable the church to do the evangelism to reach the people that it's called to reach if uh, if the church is mishandling the government protocols that affect everyone. Yeah. Now, again, we've talked about on Faith FM, like, oh, man, we, we need church. We need community. Like, I am, I am not saying that we should throw church out just because the government says so. But again, actually, this church also is fully equipped to do online services. They have a full camera team and media setup. So I'm, I'm just a little bit irked. I'm like, look, you could have gone about this in a much better way than just being disobedient to the government and now bringing yourself into financial trouble. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And right now, we have... Another question for the quiz. What does Paul say may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment? Oh, hmm. great question. Mm. Got like, so when I, you know, like give Bible quotes or like fin- fill in the blank or something like that, Lyle often says like, oh, I've got, I've got itching teeth. I just want to say it so bad. And now I, I, f- I feel like Lyle right now. Uh, your tomb teeth sounds more like you just haven't done your, your brushing this morning. Your <laughs> dental hygiene. <laughs> hey, but if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the what number to call. What does Paul say may abound more and more in, lo- uh, in knowledge and in all judgment? 
In knowledge and in all judgment. Epic. Well, right now, we have come to our interview section for today. And on the phone, we have, from Voice of the Martyrs, Etienne McClintock. Etienne, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Good morning, dear listener, and good morning to you, Lawson. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing fantastic here in the studio this morning. Just talking about a, a number of things, spending time together, and, and reflecting on, on what the, what God's Word says. But now we're going to talk about what God's Word is doing across the world. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, we have had a good, for many years, about 200 plus years in the West, uh, we're having religious freedom and able to live according to dictates of conscience. But as you pointed out, you know, even in what we call Western countries or first world countries, things are changing. Mm. And uh, the Christian worldview is becoming more and more unpopular. And mm. it's amazing the rapid growth of secularism, uh, especially mm. as it's promoted through schools and high schools mm. and universities and through the media and movies. And so what happens is this intolerance about Christianity, especially Christian ethics, has caused, uh, is causing more and more of a problem for Christians here nowadays. But this is nothing foreign to those people who live in the 68-plus countries where we operate, yeah. where we support persecuted Christians. Mm. Uh, countries like uh, places where you know communism is promoted, places where uh, Hinduism uh, targets Christianity or even Buddhism or even Islam. And so we've got some stories you know, from countries uh, like uh, like Pakistan at the moment where a Christian family was just recently attacked. Oof. And, um, you know, this uh, father and son uh, decided to leave their Muslim um, landowner's employment. They were good workers. And so the, uh, the, the Muslim landowner was quite displeased with them leaving. And after failing to entice them back, uh, the man instead falsely accused him of stealing a prized chicken of all things that was worth, must have been a great chicken. It was worth 1,400 Australian dollars. <laughs> and so, so based on this accusation, the police elected to arrest the Christian father and son. Wow. And, uh, they finally released them because there was a lack of evidence because the I man was just fabricated, really. Yeah, and 100%. so, uh, yes, yeah, so absurdly enough, um, even after discovering no new in- evidence a month later, the police uh, actually succumbed to the, the pressure, the religious and political pressure, and they rearrested the son. And at this point, the mother and the father visited the Muslim land over to plead their innocence and to request the son's freedom. So the son had done nothing. He's just left the employment of this guy. Yeah, for sure. But they were met by a group of Muslim employees who violently attacked them. Uh, they were armed with knives and sticks and uh, other weapons as well. And they uh, injured the mother quite badly. She even received a knife wound on her arm um, through the attack. Um, and uh, her earrings, you know, she was wearing earrings. These were forcibly ripped out of her ears. Um, and the two then fled the attackers, and the mother was admitted to hospital. And the father immediately filed a complaint with the police, but the police actually took no action. So what happens is, you know, when people are innocent and there's pressure, then they'll arrest people. But when mm. Christians are injured, they, they actually do nothing about it. And so finally, they got an advocacy group there in Pakistan to help them, and uh, they've been able to help the Christian family. And because of their efforts, uh, the uh, the son was released from prison. Mm. But unfortunately, the Christian's family troubles were so bad, uh, they've now actually receiving death threats as well. And that's not uncommon. And people do lose their lives even in Pakistan mm. uh, under Christianity. Yeah, we um. We encourage people, as usual, to sign up to our monthly free uh, magazine now. It used to be called a newsletter, but this one is like 20 pages. Mm. And this, the, the one for July actually focuses on India. And we have this amazing story coming out of India of a guy who used to be a hitman. That's oh, before I wow. say, 
Yeah, so he was actually trained by the RSS, and they are a supporting group of the the ruling party at the moment, the BJP, who are nationalists. They are a right-wing party. And basically, the whole tenant of, of the movement that's growing in India is now to make India Hindu. And if you're not a Hindu, they basically want to chase you from, from the land. You've got to go <laughs> elsewhere, or you will lose their lives, your mm. life. And uh, that happens quite a lot. But we do work, you know, we bring the word of God into India. We actually work with the Bible Society there in India and um, distribute Bibles. A lot of the people that accept the gospel are very poor and they're the lower caste. There's typically four castes. Mm. And uh, so we distribute Bibles there. And so we encourage people just to go onto our website at vom.com.au and you can see we've got 150,000 Bible challenges. Now, last year we did 24,000 Bibles. And so this year, because the importance we want to place in the Word of God. We decided to set an audacious target of 150,000 wow. Bibles. So that's six times more. So far, praise the Lord, we've uh, we've uh, got about 57,000 Bibles wow. worth. But we're, uh, we're aiming for 150 before the year's out. So if people okay. want to support us with the Bibles, they can go there, vom.com.au. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, the story uh, goes uh, something like this. So this guy um, recounts his story in the in the magazine. So if you sign up to our our, our magazine, just go on online and do that. You'll actually be able to read this story. Um, this guy now is a church planter in the southwestern part of India. That's incredible. But before he became a Christian, he was actually a paid assailant of the RSS. So this is obviously the Hindu nationalist organisation, and he and his gang and others were recruited to be the muscle and to harass Christians and even Muslims because they weren't obviously Hindu. And for seven years, Ravan relished this role as a hired hoodlum. And he enjoyed the power. He got good pay. He got free alcohol. Um, the background is that uh, his family were nominal Christians, although he wasn't really raised a Christian properly. His father actually drank himself to death. He died of alcoholism. And his mum uh, finally, you know, started praying for him more and more, and she got more serious about her Christian faith. But uh, he was pretty much enticed to hate, and um, you know, he he himself suffered multiple hardships. You know, they struggled financially. He dropped out of school at the seventh grade, and uh, so this was a challenge. So this goes back now to two thousand and three, when he was actually uh, they started the recruitment of people. And this is a deliberate recruitment of people to train them to oppose Christians, to actually make false accusations. And uh, they would then be told to enter into a new areas and they would rent a school building in the community and they'll speak about the difficulties of Hindus. And typically they'll speak to the lower caste who are struggling and they would blame it on Christians and Muslims. Mm. So, you know, the poverty and everything else now becomes a Christian problem all of a sudden and the Christians are responsible for it. Same sort of thing that the Nazis did in Second World War and blamed, you know, blamed the Jews for all the problems that they were facing. Mm. So um, under these lectures, he actually found this quite enticing and also the fact that he was struggling financially. So he joined the group and they assigned him to a group called the Sri Ram Sena, which means the grade of Ram, which is one of the Hindu gods. And even on his ID card, he was identified as a member of this group. So he went underwent special training and um, in a nearby city. And so the team of eight of them actually covered a radius of 16 kilometers around their city where they would target and cause chaos for Christians. And they'll go into um, you know, towns and villages or places where there were churches, and they will actually target uh, the Christian pastors and threaten the pastors. Normally they'll beat them, they injure them, put them into hospital. 
and uh, things um, didn't go quite according to plan, uh, they would actually then come with false accusations. But what they would do is before that, they would actually set up other people within their community. And they would have these other people accuse the Christians falsely of some sort of thing that they've done. Um, or uh, it may even be what they call forced conversions. Mm. And so after these, they would then go and lay their complaint against these people. About 35, 45 minutes later, the other people would come and lay a complaint as well. And what this would do, it creates so much confusion that they would typically get away with it. So even if the Christians wanted to lay a complaint, they thought that the Christians were just doing this because of retribution rather than anything seriously had happened. So they, they had this incredible system that they were working, and they, they set Christians up like that a lot. And uh, he was actually pretty much on a roster. But he soon realized that uh, everybody he was working with was similar to himself. They were not very well educated. A lot of them were illiterate. They were the lower caste. And the guys who were actually telling them to go and do these terrible things were people from the higher caste. Mm. And the high caste guys would say to them, listen, we'll have your back. The system we've got is is, uh, very effective. You would never be prosecuted for anything you've done. And uh, they said the first thing they actually ever did was actually to stop a, a convoy of trucks that had some um, some cattle in it, and they were going for the abattoir. And, of course, in India, cattle, you know, cows and that are considered sacred. Mm. And uh, they'd stop these uh, these cattle trucks. And then what they would do with the, 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 the drivers, they would uh, threaten them if they were Hindu. If they weren't, they would actually beat the drivers, mm. and that will stop the cattle trucks from actually going ahead. So that's where they sort of – they started, and then from the, from cattle, they graduated to Christians. He actually said so. It was quite an, it was a fascinating yeah, story yeah, about how they got how they got trained. But some of the tactics that they use is quite remarkable. So when we read stories and we publish a lot of these stories, just seeing how the processes work and how they were trained, and even during COVID, you know, and uh, and, and those who are very poor, when they are supposed to get the government approved rations. Um, they would actually tell the public distributors of that that they should not uh, they should not distribute to the Christians. And so this is how they stop many Christians and try to starve the Christians. And then they'll cause the Christians to try and denounce Christ so they can get their food rations. Mm. And if you've been not eating for many days, of course, that's, that's very, very difficult uh, for them. But uh, Ravan even remembers the first time he attacked the pastor. He was traveling with his wife and children, and uh, he said uh, – they made him to get off his motor scooter and threatened him not to do the work he was doing to convert people. And uh, he remembers beating the pastor and actually uh, breaking his leg in the attack. Mm. Um, and he now, now, when he tells the story now, he actually tells it with tears in his voice because he was such a violent opposer of Christianity. But it's amazing how finally when uh, he was betrayed by the group, same group he was working for and uh, they would disavowed basically the group said no we had nothing to do with this and they were left to uh, defend uh, defend for themselves Mm. when he was reaching out for help the group that he worked with the hindus they didn't actually help him at all wow and it was actually the christians who had been targeting for years who ended up helping him and uh, that was at the same time when he fled from the situation that he had a motorbike accident and he's injured himself badly but he was drunk when it happens he doesn't remember much He, he came to in a ditch with severe injuries and um, when they actually submitted him, they, they bandaged his head up. It was so badly damaged, but his eyes were still okay. And the person, he doesn't even know if they were a Christian or not, the person who said to him when they uh, admitted him, he said, the, someone must have been praying for you that your eyes were spared because everything else in his his face was, was injured and just wow. a mess. 
But he, he, then he remembered his mother had been pray, praying for him. Mm. And so through his mother's prayers and the support of these Christians, he actually realized what true godliness was like. Mm. Uh, he said previously they weren't trained about, you know, being educated in the doctrines of Hinduism. They were just there to be the thugs. Mm. But now someone all of a sudden was teaching him about the Bible. And the first time he attended church, the pastor was preaching out of Psalms chapter 1. Yes. And he said it, it was as of the Lord was speaking to him directly through that. He'd never heard such a teaching before in his life. Gave his life to the Lord, and it was only a few years later he felt a call on his own life to become a pastor and a, and a minister. And, and he didn't really know much at the time. He was still learning. So he just started a house church, and he was just sharing from the Bible what he, what he knew. And finally, he got a group of 12. And then in 2021, they had a group of more than 60 people. Wow. And so he's been sharing the gospel amongst all these people. Um, and this is a guy, it's almost like a story of Paul, you know, who used to be Saul. Saul the persecutor becomes Paul the apostle. And now we have this guy who's injured countless of, of Christian people. He's beaten a lot of people, put them in hospital, false accusations, setting up others in the community to oppose them, not to give them food, not to give them any lodging, chasing people off their land. And now he himself has actually been chased and threatened, receiving threats and death threats. Just a remarkable, remarkable story of what God's grace can do to transform and change a person's life. It's very Paul-esque, incredibly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you can see the parallel, someone persecuting people on behalf of what they believe to be true faith, but then coming to the realization, no, Jesus is true faith. Mm. That's Absolutely. incredible. Yeah, and we hear so many stories like this, you know. We find that persecution brings a different kind of caliber of Christian. And in the West, you know, when things go easy, we've gone easy. But in those countries where you've got to count the cost, it brings a very different kind of Christian to the fore. Wow. Etienne, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That's all the time that we have. But guys, again, 0491-064-669. If you want any information about Voice of the Martyrs, we'll be able to get you in contact. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.